On this episode of Life and Lessons, I discuss talking to Stormzy about his watch collection, about how life will edit down your friendship group, and why you might want to quit social media for an entire month. So this is it, the first real episode of Life and Lessons. Earlier this week I turned 24 and so that marked the beginning of this project. For the next 52 weeks I'm going to be recording and publishing a weekly life update and I covered this quite a bit in the last episode uh, so I won't go into it in too much detail here Uh, but what I want to do for the next 52 weeks is document the next year of my life as I move towards my 25th birthday because I think it's going to be an interesting one. And so that means sitting down here each week, talking into a microphone, talking about my life, uh, the lessons it teaches me, and what it's really like to grow a business, evolve as a person, and be on what is a fairly unusual journey for somebody in their mid-twenties. Which, by the way, is fucking depressing, realising that I am now, I guess technically, in my mid-twenties. It feels like it was only a few weeks ago that I was 16, but... There we go, I'm in my mid-twenties. Anyway, what's been happening this week? Well, firstly, and perhaps most obviously from what I just said, it was my birthday on Wednesday. And um, it was a really adult birthday, actually. Uh, I spent it on the road, so came into the office for a couple of hours, then popped into Cardiff for something that I'll talk about in a minute. And then after that, spent three hours on the road over to London to meet with Alex and James. Um, And during that time, ended up working because... You know, if you live in the UK, you'll know that Wednesday was the last day of the general election campaigning here. And Boris Johnson turned up at one of our clients' factories. And so we had to uh, pull out our laptops and do some work in a service station to get some reactive content out there about Boris Johnson's visit. So there was that. Um, I also passed my theory test this week. Finally, Uh, I passed it two and a half years ago and then did nothing about it and it expires after two years, so it expired. And then about four weeks ago, I booked it, sat it, and failed it. And so thankfully, having sat it for a third time this week, passed that theory test, happy days, hopefully should be driving soon. And I'm sure that's something I'm gonna talk about more in this podcast, because I really, really need to stop spending money on trains and just learn to drive. Uh, Also, I have just this second, as I sit down to record this, got back from a really weird 36-hour spontaneous trip this weekend. So yesterday afternoon, I left the office from Cardiff uh, and went to see H in Leicester. And then last night, went from Leicester to Corby, back home, slept for seven hours, got straight back up onto a train and then went to Stormzy's album signing. Uh, And I ended up having a a really interesting conversation with Stormzy, which is a sentence I never thought I'd say, a really interesting conversation with Stormzy for about six or seven minutes about his watch collection. Uh, I pointed out uh, when he was signing the albums, his watch, he was wearing the uh, Patek Philippe Nautilus. And that's, yeah, I'm sure to anyone who knows anything about watches, that's like a grail watch. So I pointed that out and then he got talking about his whole watch collection and He had just got like a skeleton and he showed me something else in his camera roll that he had just bought that he doesn't want anyone to talk about yet. And he was also talking about Dave's 
watch collection with like the Pepsi and the Nautilus and so on. It was just a, it was a cool conversation because yeah, I, I like watches. I like Stormzy, those two things together with a real kind of quite a meaningful conversation in the sense that it wasn't just this shallow, oh, I like your music. It was cool. So that was good. That was fairly surreal. And then the other thing that's been going on this week is uh, work. Work has been busy because, uh, well, every three months we create for our marketing retainer clients here at Dream 90 Day Marketing Plans. And so they generally fall into the four quarters in the year. And so that means that at this point in the quarter, at any point in the year, it's typically quite busy. But this time of year in particular is most busy because, uh, well, people finish work early in December, which means that marketing activity and anything else that we have planned has to kind of be squeezed into, let's say, 20 days rather than 30 in December. So work has been really busy. And because of that, and because of all of that, actually, because it's been a really, really busy week, uh, it's quite nice to just sit down in here in the meeting room in the office on my own with this microphone and reflect. And so I suppose this week my reflection can start here. This week I turned 24 and that means that I left school about six years ago. It also means that I've lived away from Corby where I grew up for around three years. And I stopped drinking about two years ago, which means that since then I really haven't done uh, many nights out, many social events, what you typically consider social events. And that means that socially I'm quite detached from a lot of the people that I used to spend time with between the ages of say 16 and 21. Lots of those nights out friends I just no longer have. And so I think back to birthdays such as my 18th and on my 18th I felt bombarded with messages. Facebook posts, tweets, Instagram tags, texts, cards, presents, phone calls, everything. Whereas this week, not that much. A few close friends and family, a handful of cards and presents. And until I posted on my Instagram story a photo of me blowing out a candle, uh, not a peep from anyone online wishing me a happy birthday. And you know what? I'm glad because I think that that tells me something. It tells me that in the past few years, life has naturally edited my list of friends down to the ones who really are my friends. The ones who I have the most in common with. The ones who I can have those hours long, spontaneous, interesting conversations with. And the ones that I know inside out. My friends. On my 18th, I had dozens of shallow relationships, but probably, if I'm honest, no real, real friendships. You know, a few, a handful of people knew me well back then, uh, but half because I hadn't really opened up to people. I was still quite introverted, but also half just because I was trying to spread myself so thin among so many people. Probably no real deep friendships back when I was 18. Whereas now, I have almost no shallow relationships, but a small group of close friends. And I know which one I prefer. Now that's not to say that one is better than the other for you because I think it all depends on context. But now at 24, for me, with my lifestyle and the things I want to achieve, a small group of friends, a small group of good friends is what I need. Because again, for me, these next few years are about being focused for better or worse, about being focused on myself. Because these are some of the final years, I, I truly believe this, these are some of the final years that I have to be 
almost solely focused on myself. To be selfish, because 10 years from now, I'm going to have way more overheads, more anchors, more commitments, shit, maybe even things like kids. And I imagine at that point, it's hard to be selfish. And so now is the time I believe that I need to be selfish, to cover as much ground as possible towards my goals and to do the things that I want to do, to become the person that I want to be. And here's the thing, I believe that becoming the person you want to be is difficult with shallow friendships. Because shallow friends aren't real friends. They don't really want you to succeed and they don't really have your back. They're great at distracting you. Uh, you're, you're probably thinking of some shallow friends in your mind right now as I say this because we all, we all have or have had them, right? And they're, they're great at distracting you, at, at telling you no, at pushing you down and at keeping you at whatever level of life they feel comfortable with. Whereas right now, with a small group of friends, well, they all have my back and they know me very well and they know what I'm aiming for. They want me to win just like I want them to win. And they're the kind of people I want in my corner. And so I guess my point here is this. There comes a point in life when you need to edit. Edit people out who don't necessarily align with the person that you want to be, who perhaps for one reason or another no longer have that much in common with you. Edit down to a small group of good people who are right for you. Because I promise from experience, having five good friends is way better than having 25 people who comment nice things on your Instagram photos, but then don't have your back in real life. There, com there comes a point in life when you need to edit. And, and for me, that point has been and gone. I'm good now. So talking about friendships, I think that actually leads me on quite nicely to my next point. Uh, the reason I finally committed to doing this podcast was because uh, back in November, I had a lot more spare time on my hands. And that comes with a bit of a story. Towards the start of the year, uh, I, I began reading a book called Digital Minimalism by Cal Newport. Uh, I, I started reading it and then I sacked it off because another book caught my eye. I couldn't get into it. It didn't feel right for me at the time. I just couldn't get behind what Cal was saying in this book. But then in October, and I can't even remember why, but in October, I picked the book up again and I read it. And this time it won me over. In the book, Cal makes the case that we are all too reliant on something that he calls optional technologies. They're the kind of things that we use constantly, but don't really have a need for. I'm talking about things like Facebook and Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, maybe even YouTube and Netflix. Optional technologies drain our time. They steal our attention and they make us feel shit. And the worst part about it, half the time, we don't even want to use them, but they're addictive. Now you might disagree with that statement, but the science agrees. Let me cover one example. It's something called intermittent variable rewards. Intermittent variable rewards are used in the design of slot machines across the globe to keep gamblers spending money. Even when they lose, slot machines give unpredictable rewards. You pull a lever or push a button, there's a delay, the wheels turn, there's anticipation, and then there's an outcome. And sometimes that outcome is a reward, but sometimes you lose all your money. 
But here's what's interesting about intermittent variable rewards. Dopamine, one of the chemicals that's released in our brains to make us feel happy, is released during the anticipation step of the slot machine. So that's when the wheels are spinning, when we're on the hunt for a reward. Not when we win or when we lose, but during the anticipation. Put another way, gambling can make us feel good even when we're losing. But what does that have to do with social media? Well, intermittent variable rewards are used in the design of social media apps and they have the exact same dopamine releasing effects. Let me prove something to you. If you're listening on your phone, and it's safe to do so, so obviously don't do this if you're driving, please. Uh, If it's safe to do so and you're listening on your phone, whilst you're listening, open Instagram for me. Okay, now pull down on your screen to update the posts that you see. So from the top to the bottom, pull your finger down to, to reload the posts. You see that at the top of the screen, the the spinning circle? That spinning circle that shows your post loading doesn't need to be there. It's part of the design. It's building anticipation in your mind. It's the wheels of the slot machine turning. Will there be new posts? Will you strike the jackpot? Will it be the same old shit and you lose your bet? The dopamine levels in your mind don't care. It's that spinning wheel, the intermittent variable reward device. It doesn't need to be there. It's there to build anticipation. And in turn, it's there to build habits. It's what makes apps like Instagram so addictive. So you keep coming back, whether you intend to or not. And the same kind of devices can be found on all of the apps on your phone. Facebook and Twitter and Snapchat. And our habits are really fucking powerful. They're shortcuts in our brain and willpower alone to try and overcome those habits is hopeless. So if you really want to have control over how you spend your time and therefore how you live your life, a good place to start is with your social media usage. Now, Cal Newport's digital minimalism makes the case that if you really want to take control of what social media apps you use and therefore how you spend your time, you should stop using them all. Cold turkey for 30 days, log out, delete the apps, remove the notifications, don't use them. And so that's what I did. For the whole of November, I didn't check social media once. And it taught me a lot. The first thing it taught me is that these apps are really fucking addictive. The first two days of trying not to check social media were hard. It felt like I was disconnected from the world, that I didn't know what was going on. And I kept unlocking my phone and going to the place where those apps used to live on my home screen to tap them, and they weren't there. My brain had been hardwired to think that any moment of downtime equaled time to use social media. But then something funny happened. When you're not constantly checking your phone, not constantly checking in on other other people's worlds, your own world starts to expand. You have more time, you have more room to think and reflect And you notice more. And ah, this sounds silly, but things like birds and buildings and sounds, and because your eyes are up looking at the world and not down in your screen. um, Yeah, your world just feels more relaxed and bigger and you feel more in control with it. And believe me, when I first started reading that book, I thought it was bollocks, hence not finishing it. But I promise you it's real. You're more present in conversations and your downtime really is downtime. 
So by the end of those 30 days of not using social media, I realized two things. The first is that I don't really care about the day-to-day, filtered, captioned, carefully selected fake lives of most of the people I follow. Like even now, I fully don't give a shit. But more interestingly, I noticed this. When you disappear from social media, you stop existing in a lot of people's minds. Literally, when I came back to social media, two people told me that they had, I promise you, this is a quote, forgot I existed. All of this time we spend liking photos, writing comments, responding to shallow messages, uh, connecting with people on these platforms. People that can quite easily and understandably forget that you exist the moment you're gone from an app. Social media apps don't make us more social. They can facilitate real world social life. But other than that, it's kind of all an illusion. It's an illusion backed with algorithms and dark patterns that keep us coming back for more. So now it's December, I'm back on social media, but I use it way less. I've deleted the Facebook app from my phone. Uh, I've deleted Snapchat and I only check that once a week. I'm not logged in on Twitter or Instagram on my laptop. Uh, And I generally use it all a bit less. I've taken a step back to reset the rules as Cal Newport's book suggests and take some level of control over how I use social media and in turn how I spend my time. And if you feel like you use social media more than you might like to, I urge that you either try and do the same or at the very least pick up a copy of Cal Newport's book Digital Minimalism and um, just just see what you make of it. Have an open mind because the second time I read it I had an open mind and it's, it's really changed quite a lot in my life recently. And then the third thing that has been on my mind this week is also something that's changed my life really quite a lot over the last two years. Uh, for the last two years, I feel like I've changed a lot as a person. I've gained a lot of control over different areas of my life, but I haven't always done that with big drastic steps like completely cutting out social media for a month or not drinking alcohol for almost two years. Sure, those things change my life, but it's actually been way more about the small actions, small daily actions, consistent small daily actions or habits. The habits I've made use of in the last two years have literally transformed so many areas of my life, but they're all super basic. They're things like drinking six six pints of water each day, like going to the gym or working out every single day, like reading at least 10 pages of a book, meditating each night, having no caffeine after 4pm to improve my sleep quality, tracking and recording my sleep each night, planning tomorrow's work today, every single day, and so on. But from time to time, as we all do, I've let my habits slip. Turning 24 this week has helped sharpen my mind, focused me back to make sure that I hit all of these habits, uh, and it's pushed me to be that bit more consistent with all 15 of the habits that I follow each day. And the reason I want to talk about this is because that kind of consistency excites me. That sounds sad, doesn't it? But it really does. Uh, I've seen how far habits have taken me in the last two years. Like, I I truly believe when I say that they have transformed my life. I've seen how far habits can take me in in the space of two years. And so building on that, I'm excited to see 
where habits can take me in the next year. And so you're going to hear me talking about habits a lot in this podcast. And so I'll, I'll leave that point there. And really, that's it. Uh, that is, that's everything that's been going on in my life this week. This is back to the normal structure of the episodes now. If you listened to last week's episode, like I said at the time, that was a bit of a departure from what you can typically expect. Uh, this, this was a real episode, so I hope that you, uh, hope you found more value in this than the previous one, which was basically a 23-year life story. Uh, but either way, thank you for listening. I do hope that you've enjoyed this. Like I said at the top of this episode, this actually has genuinely been quite therapeutic. The process of pulling together an entire week's worth of life and events and thoughts and feelings and trying to summarise it into a short podcast. Uh, As always, I would love to hear your feedback, positive or negative, or if you have any questions about anything that I've covered in this episode, uh, the best way to reach me is on social media. And you'll find me on both Twitter and on Instagram, where my username is Spooner Sean. That's S-P-O-O-N-E-R-S-E-A-N. Uh, drop me a message, let me know what you think. And we will, of course, start a conversation if there's anything you want to talk about. Uh, if you're listening on Spotify, please do hit that follow button. It means that every single week when this episode comes out, it will land on your homepage. It'll be right there to listen to. You don't need to go searching and digging and poking around and looking for it. It's going to be there, ready for you. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please do click subscribe and leave a five-star review if you think it's worth it. I'm new to this podcast game. I have been told on good authority that that's going to help these episodes get discovered. So please do, if you've got a couple of seconds, leave a five-star review and I will be very grateful. That's it. I will see you back here this time next week for another episode of Life and Lessons. See you then. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.